Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Radio Islam. I am your host, Sadiq bin Abdullah. And today, I have a very special guest here with me. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, who's currently a student at Dar al-Qasim. His name is Wasim Hassan. Uh, he's a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania. with a focus in biology, chemistry, and philosophy. He's also the co-founder of Traversing Tradition, and now serves as the managing director. Wasim is currently furthering his traditional study of Islam in Chicago, focusing primarily on kalam, fiqh, and Arabic. He has widely written on topics uh, including philosophy, spirituality, and politics as well. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Thank you for having me, Sadiq. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, this is my first podcast, so I'm, okay. I'm kind of coming in fresh. So I, I don't know how these things typically go. I'm not a big podcast listener at all. All right. Um, I know there's some big <laughs> ones out there, but um, uh, hopefully this this will this will go well. And forgive me for uh, any any oversights. No, 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 mashallah. No, glad to have you here. Alhamdulillah. Um, all right, man. So what's going on? How's everything? Alhamdulillah. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I've I've just been spending my days reading um, as yeah. usual. Yeah. So uh, so you when did you graduate from Penn? I graduated just this past May, 2019. Past May, Okay, yeah. and now you're back here, back home, back in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It feels kind of weird because I've been gone um, for 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 college for so many years, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I typically didn't come back over breaks like spring break and whatnot, um, yeah. and any like long weekends, uh, just because it, it just wasn't economical for me to buy a flight and come back. Right. Um, and so I spent I spent like almost no time in Chicago uh, over the past few years, and I come back and it's like everything's weird. Like even the neighborhood around my house, I'm like, when did the shop come up? I don't recognize <laughs> anything here. And I, I start getting lost like 100 meters away from my house. <laughs> it's like all my neighbors are different now. <laughs> I'm still trying to get acclimated to, to the oh, situation. Yeah. yeah, subhanAllah. No, I, I feel you, man. Mm. It's kind of the same with uh, with Minneapolis, you know, traveling back and forth between here and, uh, mm. and Chicago. So, mm. yeah, man. So right now you're working on, uh, on this project, uh, Traversing Tradition. This has been going on for uh, quite some time now, for a couple of years at least, right? Yeah, so uh, Traversing Tradition was 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 founded officially um, uh, around February of 2018. Um, there, there were there were it was it was a pretty quick process. I mean, um, the the way it basically came together is um, uh, a few of us, uh, we, so some of us knew each other personally. It was sometimes it was like uh, it was a friend's friend, and yeah. and we just we had this group chat where we would discuss these things with each other and. Um, uh, typically discussing things on on the um, from an Islamic perspective, where, where, yeah. whereas we, we you know we would see a lot of things that that were overtly against the Muslim tradition. We didn't like it, even though right. it was being presented and painted as like something <laughs> that is Islamic, right? right? A lot of us are involved in we're involved in academia. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I went to um, I wasn't always at University of Pennsylvania. I was at a different yeah. Ivy League university before that, and so I, I've seen like <laughs> I've seen like the the <laughs> so, sort of like uh, what's what's that saying? Like uh, the 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 bread and butter. Yeah. Or the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen like like the the best academics um, yeah. in in, wide in, their, in their fields, of it. right? Yeah. And and it's just it's not anything impressive a lot of times. And we would talk about these things. And one day I, I said to uh, one of my you know I, I said in the group chat, well, instead of like just talking about this stuff amongst ourselves, yeah. why why don't we like create a platform where we can have these discussions sort of in public, right? Um, you know, because I was talking to one of my friends, and he said that, uh, you know, we typically have this like uh, dichotomy when when people view things from like a Muslim perspective, where there we have like our ulama, yeah. and then we have the scholars, and then we have the awam, the, the yeah, lay yeah. people. Yeah. And he, and my friend was telling me that it's it's almost like 
it's it's no longer that clear the divide where you have the ulama, mm-hmm. but you have like various different levels of ulama, and 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 even like the the best ulama might not be in a, in the spotlight like like even sort of lower ulama, so to speak, or, or late students of knowledge. Right. But then you have a lot of people that are like very educated alam, yeah. where we've had this sort of this this spread of of information where people are talking about things like philosophy, and people are. Even even from an Islamic perspective, like right. we're having so many things translated into English, and 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 so many papers out there on like uh, on fringe things that the average lay person didn't know about, and yeah. and so he was like, and he suggested to me like you should you know you should try to get together some educated alam and and start something, and so we ended up co-founding this platform where it was, you know, we 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 tried to we wanna we still try to stay true to the tradition as much as we can. Yeah, um, a couple of us are actually um, students of Islam traditionally. Um, uh, a lot of us aren't. Uh, a lot of us are just students in in the, in the Western um, paradigm. Yeah. Um, and we, we try we try to stay in touch with our ulama, and of course we have our own studies and stuff to sort of supplement what we talk about. But we right. basically try to take these hot topics. Um, so what's what's and, like what's what's the what's the approach? The, I mean, are you, are you right. kind of like trying to reconcile this discrepancy between, um, mm. I guess you could say, like secular sciences and like. And then, like the theological tradition of Islam, in, or? in part, in part. So a lot of it goes back to this divide that was created between um, uh, science and religion. Right? Yeah. It goes back to Galileo, where it suddenly became like uh, supposedly clear to the world that religion is not compatible with science. Yeah. Um, and 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 so you ended up getting stuff later, like the separation of church and state, and religion was no longer compatible with politics, right? Yeah. And so we're trying to sort of bridge that divide and say, no, actually, we can have substantial discussions about things ranging from science and philosophy and politics from an Islamic perspective. And actually, it's not it's not inherently it's not impossible to be a scientist and a Muslim. Right. Um, yeah, the, the, for sure. Um, I think oftentimes, and especially even like within the Muslim community too, uh, we have this um, binary approach at times. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, mm. a lot of that has to do with uh, this disconnect, um, this this uh, cutoff from our own tradition. Uh, we don't necessarily realize um, that our tradition, that the Islamic tradition, uh, is in fact uh, 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 a tradition of intellectual rigor. Uh, uh, and and oftentimes I, I feel as though and especially and I, I guess you could say this, this is going to be kind of a segue into uh, one of our, our next uh, subject matters here, which is this you know kind of like I feel like as though perhaps at times uh, the Muslim community and, and much of the youth as well and especially like where I grew up I feel like as though um, there's this oversimplification of the deen mm. right uh, and. You know, this is going to be controversial for some and, and, and not necessarily for others, but this kind of like Salafi uh, mm. uh, 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 hegemonic, um, like, yeah, essentially like Salafi hegemony, you know, and which was essentially uh, initiated in like the Dawah during like the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. Mm. And so, um, and I feel as though that that's kind of, you know, uh, overtaken a lot of our communities at times. Uh, so now you, what you have is a lot of these youth uh, today who kind of, uh, don't understand uh, the complexities and the nuances and the multifaceted uh, components of the tradition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all goes back to the democratization of knowledge. Um, yeah. that, that's that's what I call it. Where essentially, like everyone now deserves to have a voice on any any subject matter, whether or not they're trained about it. But because they're a human being with a mind, then they can talk about it, right? And people are forgetting this. Um, uh, this this sort of culture of training and, and having qualifications to speak about something, and um, uh, and and so you end up. I mean, I was reading a while back uh, a text by Imam Abu Hassan Al Ashari, uh, rahimahullah, 
uh, in case for those who uh, don't know who that is, you mind uh, elaborating? You know, Imam Al Hassan Al Ashari. Um, so in early Islamic history, uh, that things weren't um, codified uh, as they are today. So we didn't have uh, the proliferation of books explaining Muslim aqidah and, and, and fiqh, and, and, and we didn't have it as much. And so Imam Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari, so there, there was basically an influx of all these weird ideas with the introduction of different types of philosophies into the Muslim world and as a consequence of the, of the expansion of the Muslim empire and, and um, many, many different traditions um, sort of uh, coming into contact with the Muslims. It's that, um, uh, and, and so you had these weird ideas. Imam Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari was part of this group that we don't consider um, part of Ahl-Sunnah al they were called the Mu'tazila, and he was actually one of their greatest um, proponents at the time. And, and who are the Mu'tazila? <laughs> <laughs> so the Mu'tazila, they're typically translated into English as like hyper-rationalists. I okay. personally don't like that translation because it like uh, has like this buried assumption that everyone who's not a Mu'tazila is not a rationalist, right. Right, who is not rational. Right. Uh, but there were there were a group who, uh, you know, a lot of people know the story of Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, how he was uh, tortured. Yeah. Um, and uh, and th- these, these were the people who were doing these, these types of things. And so he ended up uh, leaving the Martezili uh, tradition, and he ended up de- uh, developing uh, a school of, of, of Muslim theology, um, discursive theology, where he would basically establish the principles of the religion uh, using a lot of these tools, using logic, and using many of the tools of the philosophers. Um, and it basically became orthodoxy for yeah. a long time, and it's yeah. still considered orthodoxy today. Um, and so I was reading, anyways, I was reading one of his texts, and he said that, a lot of the misunderstandings that come up in Muslim in Muslim doctrine in aqidah, it's because people um, people are getting involved that don't necessarily have the capacity to understand certain things. Yeah. Right? And so I don't believe in this. Everyone gets a trophy culture where it's like right. um, everyone has to get involved in this subject, and everyone you know you're, you're going to be just as good as philosophy as right. the next guy, right. right? You can't bite off more than you can chew. Exactly. And right. some people are just created with different you know uh, that they have different strengths. Let's put it that way, just to yeah. be uh, <laughs> um, uh, politically correct <laughs> about it. <laughs> to be politically, I don't want to get canceled after this episode. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay if I get canceled. I get canceled all the time. You guys can go ahead and cancel me if you want. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So and essentially, people are getting involved in these discussions. Who, who aren't just simply aren't trained, and you end up like diluting this this religious tradition, and that's essentially what's happening. And so you get what the, I call it brochure culture, right? Right. Where uh, in the, you know in the UK they have these chicken shops everywhere, these halal chicken shops in London, and it's like there's like a running joke where like you go to the halal chicken shop and there's some guy who like studied Aju Rumiya like a basic Arabic <laughs> book, and then he read like uh, you know some like some basic like thirty page like Aqidah book like seven times through and memorized it. Yeah. And now he's Sheikh Al Islam, right? yeah. and he gives you a brochure refeeding the deviants and whatnot. Uh, and for, for, for those who, uh, for, for the just for the listeners, real quick, aqidah. Uh, we're using a lot of Islamic terminology here in Arabic. Aqidah uh, is essentially a theological doctrine. Yeah, it's, it's Muslim yeah. doctrine. It's what we believe about God, what we believe about the prophets, um, yeah. uh, what we believe about reality, essentially. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 really sad what's what's happened, especially with the with the. With the sort of Salafi um, uh, tradition, I mean, we have people have been sort of they, they've started talking about. Uh, p- there's been a backlash against this what they call this uh, weekend retreat culture. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to name specific organizations, <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of us know these organizations that would hold these like weekend retreats, and and you go and yeah. you might get your ijaza after like uh, you know listening to a few hours of lectures and um, you know maybe going to do some ikhtilat afterwards, and and then now you're suddenly a Sheikh al Islam, you're going around giving lectures and whatnot, and people are just have this. Very simplistic view of the deen, and you know a lot of people always say that. Oh no, but Islam is simple. 
Islam is very simple. And in, in, in ways it is. In, in ways it is. I mean, yeah. it's simple to get into Jannah, let's put it that way. Sure. Is it simple to be a alim, to be, no. to be a, a right. scholar, someone who's trained in this discipline? It's not simple right. at all. Somebody who understands right. the sciences in depth. Absolutely. It's right. not simple at all. Is it simple to be a Muslim? Absolutely simple to be a Muslim. We have the five pillars <laughs> of Islam. We, you, you, know, you do what you have to do, and inshallah, you get to Jannah. That's how it works. Right? Right. So it's simple from that sense. And um, I just think a lot of people tend to forget that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about the, like kind of like this uh, Salafi movement. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, I think I think the most obvious thing is that you know, uh, and if you, for those of you who, who know your history, uh, you know, kind of this whole like Salafi movement essentially began. Um, I guess you could say kind of like as a revivalist movement uh, that was initiated by a Muslim scholar. Uh, mm. Named, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm using the word scholar very liberally here. Okay, okay. Um, a preacher, uh, a preacher, a preacher. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Named Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, um, who lived uh, about roughly about 250, 300 years ago, um, in what we call today modern day Saudi Arabia, and uh, this is during the uh, colonial essentially, and uh, uh, you know the the the. The policy, the foreign policy of the British was essentially, you know, divide and conquer. That was their approach to, you know, uh, uh, infiltrating the Muslim lands uh, at that time. And uh, and from that sprouted out this, you know, kind of like, I guess you could say Puritan, oversimplistic. It wasn't necessarily the colonial period um, in, in, in the, because the Ottoman Empire was there, right? Right, right, um, right. So there was other stuff going on. Um, right. around the world but there, there was uh, I, yeah I guess you could say yeah. colonization was the wrong term to yeah. use but uh, infiltration there, there, there were things brewing yeah. Yeah. there were things brewing and so essentially what happened is that you had this guy Muhammad Abdul Wahab yeah. um, who basically and, and there, there's a book actually written by his brother um, Suleiman Ibn yeah. Abdul Wahab who he was executed he, he wrote this book um, uh, he was put under house arrest I believe yeah. and he died under house arrest but, but he, he, okay. he, he he wrote this book um, to refute his brother and he quoted his own father, yeah. who who warned actually warned the people about this man, and and so this man went out, and uh, he was preaching, you know, he was preaching that uh, this very simplistic doctrine, yeah. And uh, essentially, um, after he after he passed away, less less than a decade after he passed away, I after Muhammad Abdul right, passed away, yeah, I believe it was eight years after he passed away, yeah. his followers from Najd actually revolted against the Ottoman Empire, yeah. And so they did a lot of heinous things. They um, they they invaded Karbala in in Iraq yeah. and uh, just killed thousands of people and plundered the city and yeah. demolished shrines and graves and whatnot and and essentially they were they were they were put down a couple times. There was an army sent by the Ottomans and then there was another army sent by the Egyptians and um, uh, but essentially the the movement has basically proliferated today because of oil money. Yeah. And it's 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 really like it's it's really sad what what it's done to to the level of discourse in the Muslim community where it's. Um, uh, it's gotten more people involved in polemics than, than there should be. Right. But but then it's it's labeled basically the entire history of our ummah as as heretical. Um, right. <clears throat> and even excommunication. And, and right. excommunication. And and of course, uh, you know, uh, Sheikh Yasser Qadi has has a good lecture on this where he talks about the uh, the evolution yeah. of Salafism, uh, and and how there are different there are different strands and there are three three I believe main phases yeah. of how it went. The first wave, <coughs> the Dawa, the second wave. Where he, he says the first wave, the Najidawa, he, he he explicitly says these people were Khawarij, these people yeah. were 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 you know were not Sunnis. And then uh, it was sort of tempered down, and then it was tempered down again. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really interesting. I think there's there's a, there's a big shift going on. I don't think that um, this movement is as um, it, it's 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 not as strong 
as, as it was before, mm. just because uh, it got a lot of its backing from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> right. um, the, the Saudi government is not staying true to those principles these days yeah. um, with certain leaders in power. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> do you think, I mean, in what ways do you think, like, Sadafia has evolved? Or, like, in what ways... Um, in, in what ways do you think it will evolve? So they become more tolerant, um, and yeah. so you've had a lot of them that have now distanced themselves from the from the term Salafi or the term sure. Wahhabi. Sure. And uh, now they might just call themselves Atharis, or they mm. might just call themselves Hambaris. Right. Um, w- which are legitimate schools of thought uh, right, the Sunni right, tradition. Right. Right. Um, uh, although you know people would, would say that there are differences between the the classical Hambaris and, and yeah. but you know just just from my reading um, things aren't <laughs> things aren't that clear um, right uh, but but yeah they they become much more tolerant they're no longer excommunicating people uh, they're they're sort of on good terms with the traditionalists as we call them a traditionalist being someone who follows one of the four madhabs yeah. uh, of law um, Maliki Shafi'i Hanafi and Hanbali mm-hmm. and someone who who accepts uh, you know one of the three main doctrines of Aqidah. Yeah. Hanbali Aqidah or Ashari Aqidah or Maturidi Aqidah and so they become more tolerant um, I think it's interesting that you use the term Hanbali Aqidah Hanbali Aqidah yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was intentional, that was yeah, intentional. Yeah, yeah yeah of course of course but even I mean subhanAllah you know like even within uh, the Athari doctrine like there's differences as well I mean of course I mean there's a debate upon, uh, on whether the direct students of Imam Ahmed yeah. um, he had many students and, and they wrote many books and so there's a debate about you know whether some of his students misrepresented his Aqidah or not right. because a lot of the stuff that you see in in, in in modern Salafi Aqidah, you can find it in early books yeah. being attributed to Imam Ahmed. Yeah. You can even find things being attributed to Imam Abu Hanifa. Wow. Um, and I've seen it, yeah, I've read it. And, uh, and and so the question is, someone has to go back and do tahqiq, someone has to verify these sources yeah. and really analyze whether this is something that was likely said or not. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think in some ways uh, Salafiyah is kind of uh, making a comeback? I feel as though I mean, and especially when you're looking, when you're looking at like social media debates, yeah. which I think are just incredibly ridiculous and yeah. are absolutely not the place for those discussions <coughs> to take place in the, in the first place to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Um, I, I feel as though like there's I, I, traditionalism is kind of it's kind of like the new fad I guess, among, right. amongst like some Muslim youth, I guess you could say. Yeah, <coughs> uh, more youth, I guess you could say, are kind of attending like hadra gatherings and, and, and uh, <laughs> to some degree and and people are starting to embrace like traditional madhabs and yeah. uh you, you'll see you know brothers you know, walking around with you know tasbih and <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. but i mean That's at the same time then you find like a few brothers who are kind of holding on to this like salafi tradition the salafi movement and and they're kind of pushing back and they're saying like hey look no like these are heretical innovations and and this is not appropriate and, and so on and so forth uh, do you think like that's a revival, or do you think it's a desperate attempt at trying to hold on to something that's dying out? I'm sorry. I think it's. <clears throat> I, I think it's the latter, uh, because in, in in my experience, what typically takes hold in the West uh, depends on who's in the forefront of things. Yeah, yeah. And so you had like in the early 2000s and in the late 90s, you had you know you had young Sheikh Yasser Qadi, you know. Yeah. And you know how he was at the time. And uh, and then so you had young Sheikh Yasser Qadi, you yeah. had Bilal Phillips, uh, you had all these people who came from the Salafi tradition. And I remember someone telling me that the reason that that happened is because in the early days um, people would just send their kids over to Medina, yeah. and they would go do a four-year degree and come back, and now they're yeah. Sheikh Islam, right? And now they're refuting their forefathers and telling them they're doing everything wrong. <laughs> right. And it was it was a big mess, and a lot of scholars took the forefront, and, and uh, traditional scholars took the forefront in trying to combat this. Yeah, but <clears throat> I think the the the, the traditionalist revivalism that we're seeing um, is is based on actually um, 
people like Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, uh, you know, coming to the forefront of things. Um, you have traditionalist in institutions like uh, Qalam Institute. You have Dar al-Qasim in Chicago. You have Al-Maqasid in Pennsylvania. And, and you have all these traditionalist scholars who are, who are, now, are now becoming just as famous as, as these other people that we mentioned, part of the Salaf movement, how, you know, just as famous as they were in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, and, and, so I, and, I, and I really I don't see, um, uh, you know, just with the proliferation of knowledge, I don't see many people really going back um, to the Salafi movement at some point, just because the, the discourse from the Salafi side is just, it, it's so bland mm. I mean, in the mainstream. I'm not saying that they're all like that. that there's a lot yeah. of, you know, there are a lot of very intelligent people who ascribe, uh, attribute themselves to the movement who, right. who are not like that, but that's just yeah. the general sense. You know? this, yeah, I, I feel as though that's like kind of like the general trajectory. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, a friend of mine and I, we were just having a discussion about this not too long ago, just a couple yeah. of days ago, in fact. And, uh, both him and I kind of like went through that Salafi phase. I was, hmm. admittedly, I was Salafi for ten years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, my friend uh, who was a convert, uh, he was he was Salafi for uh, for most of the time that he's been Muslim uh, thus far, uh, up until like you know just a couple of years ago. And uh, we were go- kind of going back and forth on this whole discussion between Salafi and traditionalism, and and you know what constitutes is traditionalism, and and he kind of looked at me and he was like, man, you know. Uh, Salafis are traditional too. Hmm. I looked at him, I laughed. I was like, "Man, come on I mean, now!" I, like my whole point to him was basically hmm. that: <clears throat> how can you say that they're traditional? Although they use traditional sources, which is fine, um, but how can you say that they're traditional when, generally speaking, and of course, there's always going to be exceptions, right? Um, but the general trajectory: how can you say that they're traditional when the general trajectory of Salafia overall is this, you know, this this movement in which the four traditional canonized schools of thought are essentially dismissed, uh, where Ash'ari and Maturidi, Aqidah, uh, the, those two primary theological doctrines are considered to be, you know, heretical innovations, uh, uh, you know, and kind of essentially really uh, uh, pushing to the side 14 centuries of intellectual Islamic uh, scholarly tradition, right? Yeah. H- how is this traditional, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's very Protestant in many ways. It, it, and uh, exactly, yeah. Um, uh, not, not to praise the, the Catholic tradition <laughs> or anything, but <laughs> um, and, and not to bash on them either. I'm just saying it's, it's yeah. very, very yeah. Protestant in its, For sure. in, its, in its approach where yeah. it's like, well, you guys got it wrong. And here's actually, I mean, there's a statement, I actually read it in, um, uh, attributed to Muhammad Abdul Wahab, yeah. where, where, where he said that, um, uh, he swore by Allah that no one has understood Tawheed before me. Astaghfirullah. And if anyone, if anyone claims that, and I'll show it to you after this podcast as yeah. well, but if, if anyone claims that they've understood Tawheed before me, know that they're a liar. And then he even said, and even my own teachers have not understood wow. Tawheed as I've understood Tawheed, wow. right? And so this is, this is one of the reasons that um, Dr. Yasser Qadi will say something like, yes, there are many, many occasions upon which Muhammad Abdul Wahab basically said, me and my homies are the Muslims, yeah. and everyone else is not. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, it's. Uh, I mean, that goes like against everything that a talib al is like meant yeah. to embody. Yeah, and, and so and so you just you can't you can't study traditionally if you have that mindset. Right. You know, if you had that mindset where everyone before you didn't understand anything except you know this teacher that you're holding clinging onto. Yeah. Why, why are you going to touch other books? I, I mean, it, right. so it, it's it's just it's not compatible with with an intellectual tradition whatsoever. Um, in, right. in, in, in in my analysis, uh, and you know, it's, you know, it's interesting, Sadiq, that you said you had your Salafi phase, and a lot of people did, uh, and and I think the reason it's so appealing, especially at a young uh, a young age, is because you're you grow up in in the West and you're so immersed in this like material life. 
And then uh, Salafia comes and just tells you that, you know, actually everything is batil. Right? right. Everything right. is batil. And this is the true manhaj, right? And they have this type of, uh, you know, th- th- this language that they use yeah. that, that finally gives you purpose, right? Right. And it gives everyone else purpose. But um, uh, everyone already, or, or always has what they call, people call it the Salafi burnout. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and did you have Salafi burnout? Um, towards the end of my 10 years, yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I just felt like, well, what happened to me was I, I began listening to uh, a certain Maliki uh, shuyukh, and uh, uh, I really started to question everything. It, and, it, and the thing is, it was not an easy transition for me. Yeah. Uh, it was very uncomfortable, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was there for part of it. <laughs> he, would, he would bounce questions <laughs> off of me all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I'd admittedly, I'd make du'a <laughs> that, you, that you saw the light at some point. <laughs> and so clearly my du'a was accepted. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, uh, one of the awliya <laughs> sitting amongst <laughs> us right <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 was, it, was, it was a very uncomfortable transition for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of things that, you know, didn't sit right with me. And especially, I mean, like, 10 years of Salafiyya will do that to you, you know, when yeah, it's when yeah. it's ingrained and, and etched into like your mind and yeah, like your, but also your soul. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to continue thinking that way for a long time. You know? Yeah. That, that's where the burnout comes in. Yeah. You know, because it makes you angry. Yeah. And and I know from experience, it makes you angry. Yeah. Um, and, and but 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 just just on the flip side of the coin, um, if you get into certain traditionalist circles, you might go down a, a, yeah, same a thing very, very similar rabbit yeah. hole, you know. Um, so it, it's just about immersing yourself in the, in the Muslim tradition, and this is why I always I recommend to people who are having these these emotions with with the religion to study more, because the more you study, it's like uh, I remember the, yeah. someone was telling me that like when you first go into study, it's like you know nothing, but you're extremely confident. Yeah. Right? And then like during the intermediate stages of your study, <laughs> it's like you know an intermediate amount. Yeah. But um, you've just absolutely like lost hope in you knowing anything, right? Because you've seen the vastness of the tradition. Right. right? And then, and then, so you've lost all confidence, right. and then you sort of you mellow out um, towards the end. Um, and, and so, yeah. I always encourage people to, to study more. And, and the more they study, inshallah, the more they get grounded. Never, never study a little bit and then walk yeah. away. Right, right, because that can lead to arrogance. It can lead. To, it, w- yeah. it will lead to arrogance and, and and other things too. So yeah, I mean, like I mean, I've I've always said this to like many close friends and, and family members of of mine that uh, the more you realize, and and I and I think this most definitely applies to myself as well. Um, considering the fact that I, I transitioned from the Salafi tradition to like the more traditionalist Sunni uh, uh, overview, which is that you know the, the more you the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and, just, and it's it's an incredibly humbling experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just even today. Um, so I'm studying a book now in Hanafi fiqh. It's called Al Ikhtiyar Al Al Mukhtar. It's a commentary on another book. Um, and and uh, you know, I, I've studied I've studied uh, a couple mutun across the Shafi and, and Maliki Madahab before. Yeah. Um, and th- th- those those who are unaware, the the Shafi and the Maliki uh, uh, schools are are legal schools of thought yeah. uh, within the Sunni tradition. Right. Right. Um, and and so when you're when you open up the first chapter, most of the time it'll be about like how to make wudu, right? And so in, in I've always seen you know the, the ulama have included that when you're washing your arms. Yeah. Your hands and your arms. You have to include the elbows, right? Yeah. Because ila is used. Ila means two, but yeah. it, it includes the elbows in the manner that it's used. Yeah. They, they say that um, it's it's used as uh, right. anyway. So you include the elbows. And then I'm reading this book, Al-Mukhtar, and there's a footnote after he says ila ila al-mirfaqan, right? Yeah. And and, and I, I go down to the footnotes, and it says that well, actually Imam Zofar differed. 
Mm. And he differed, and he said, actually, you don't include the elbows. And you don't wow. include the ankle when you're washing your foot. Wow. And I read that <laughs> <laughs> just today, and I was like, what? <laughs> I, I thought this was like ijma'an. Like, yeah, I've never like heard anyone. Yeah, consensus agreed upon, yeah. Right? But um, not to say that it's the opinion of the madhab or it's taken. It, it's not, right? But just that that opinion exists. Yeah. It's like, and this was a very respected alim. He was one of the early Hanafis. Yeah. Um, you know, hanging around Abu Yusuf and Muhammad and Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah. Yeah. Uh, and and so yeah, and even in the kalam tradition, I was I was reading I was doing a reading of Sharh al Aqaid with um, yeah. uh, one of the fellow students here, and we didn't understand a certain ibarah, a certain statement. So we went to check one of the commentaries called yeah. An Nibras, and we and the the author of An Nibras, Imam Al Farhari, rahimullah, he he mentions so there's a concept called Al Juz Al Ladi basically atomism, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take a brick and you start cutting it. You cut it in half, and then you take that one half and you cut it, and you keep yeah. going. You're eventually going to get to a, a particle, a yeah. point that is no longer. You cannot separate it anymore. Right? Yeah. It's like the fundamental particle, right? And and he said that Imam Al Ghazali, and and uh, didn't didn't accept this, right? Yeah. And I thought this was something that was accepted across like the entire breadth of kalam. Right. And 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 so that was a shock to me. Um, and then I read that he says in Sharlaka that Imam Razi did did uh, you know he didn't comment he said I I don't want to comment about this he did tawakkuf you know yeah yeah and, and and so the more you learn the more you're like wow so this isn't actually like yeah uh, it's it's not actually like ijma people like use the right. word ijma all the time there is ijma right. right but not everything right. is ijma it's not one dimensional never you know, almost <laughs> never almost never yeah and so you just got to study more and then you'll start you, you'll understand things more yeah. So I mean, uh, so speaking of like Sadafia and kind of like oversimplifying everything and, yeah. and kind of you know uh, putting that into conversation with uh, traditional schools of thought, tell me, man, what's up with this whole like Zahari like revival? <laughs> 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 this is this is something that I mean I haven't. I mean, people will be like, I mean, I've seen like staunch Hanafis, <laughs> I've seen staunch Hanbadis and Sadafis. What, what? Please explain to the people what's a zahiri. Should I explain it from a mental health perspective, or, <laughs> <laughs> or from a filk perspective? <laughs> do as you like. Do as you please. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what it is, right? I mean, I've seen it, and I've seen, I've seen proponents of the zahiri method. I've also seen fatwas yeah. by ulama saying it's impermissible to follow this, the so-called zahiri method. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a method that was developed. It was never really took hold. It never really became a fad or anything like that. I guess up until 2020 on social media, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's like a very hyper-literalist approach to things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just, uh, you know, and, and there's there, there, there are many famous lahiris. There's Ibn Hazm. Yeah. Right? And uh, I, I'm just... I don't. I don't get the appeal, right? Ibn Hazm has a book. I was reading it recently, where he yeah. basically describes his aqidah, basically. And and from the perspective of like someone who's studying kalam, yeah, that's Ibn Hazm's aqidah. I don't want anything to do with that aqidah, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's some weird stuff in there. Um, yeah. So I, I don't get the appeal of the Zahari method. I think it's just you know a bunch of like zealous teenagers just trying to be edgy and, and associating themselves. I mean, next you're going to get the some people. Of Islam. You get some people who are going to say, I'm, I'm, "I follow the Awzai Madhab." Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I follow the Awzai Madhab. Oh I mean, God. I mean, where's your sanad, right? Right. There's, 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 there's always the concept of a sanad. You have to have a sanad. What's and, a sanad for those who don't understand? A sanad is, is a chain of transmission. So you have to have a teacher who had a teacher who had a teacher who had a teacher. Yeah. Uh, all uh, all the way up to the Prophet right? And so if you're following the Shafi'i method, you have a teacher who learned from another teacher, learned from another teacher, who learned from eventually Imam Shafi'i, yeah. who learned from 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 his teachers, who learned from the Sahaba, who learned from the Prophet right? right. 
And so we don't have that for, for the Zahiri Madhab, um, right. at least not that I've seen. And I've never, I, you know, I, I don't see anyone, any of the yeah. ulama taking it seriously. Yeah, it hasn't been like mass transmitted. Yeah, so it's, I mean, and what I've seen is just people who uh, who are consulting Sheikh Google. You know, they might have a couple uh, Zahiri books here and there. Their, 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 their Arabic might be at the level where maybe, you know, they can, uh, yeah, they, they, Al-Kitab they, volume one. They, they can, you know, they, they, they've studied Al-Kitab volume one at, uh, at uh, University of Insert State. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a cult. I don't, I don't know. I can't say much more than that about it. But, yeah, don't be a Zahiri. It's, uh, it's <laughs> those, those guys are weird. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, <laughs> Subhanallah. I mean, so, I'm, I'm sure they mean well. By the way, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to sh- take shots at these people. You know? Right. Um, I, I have a lot of disagreements with a lot of people who, who I love. You know. Right. Um, so I'm, I don't have any Zahiri friends, but you know, maybe maybe I'll have a Zahiri friend. <laughs> maybe one day. At some point. <laughs> Why <so>. not? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll, that'll be the uh, the the segue for the uh, the unity of the Ummah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, so you're talking about mm. uh, you know you know traditionalism and whatnot. So we live here in Chicago, mm. and I remember we were we were speaking actually offline about this, how there's uh, an abundance, a plethora of you know, mashallah, Desi, Hanafi ulama throughout the Chicagoland area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we're looking at the demographic of the uh, Muslim community here in Chicago, there's not only a substantial and sizable uh, Desi population and community, immigrant community that is. Um, but there's also a sizable and substantial Arab uh, yeah, community as yeah, well, yeah. primarily Palestinian and Syrian. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking about kind of like this stigmatization yeah, yeah, there, of there, like there, there, are, there are South Asian, uh, Southeast Asian communities, there are yeah. uh, African American communities, African communities. But um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, typically in, in, in the suburbs, this is what you usually see. Um, yeah. in and around the suburbs. Those are really the big flashy masajid in places yeah. like Chicago and San Francisco and around New York and stuff. And they're typically run by, um, you know, usually either Desi or Arab. It's like almost rarely they mix, right? Right. And the board is always almost going to be like homogenous. In, in <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, it's sad because a lot of people, and it's it's not just like a lot of a lot of Arabs and, and otherwise who have this view of, uh, of, of, of the Desi ulama, but even Desis themselves have internalized this. You know, the people talk about the mullah culture, right? Mm. Or, the, or the Molvi culture. Yeah. Where there's just a, a stigma with being a alim, yeah, um, and and there are probably a lot of moving parts in that. You yeah. know, maybe like um, uh, certain madrasas not training people properly, uh, right. different um, conflicts that are happening in the subcontinent and whatnot that end up getting exported to the West. Sure, but uh, people really have to get over this because a lot of uh, you know a lot of our masajid these days have have no idea what ilm is, and, right. and and they have no idea what a alim is. Yeah. And so you'll get you'll get a lot of masajid where the imam is just someone who can sing good, you know, <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone, someone who make you like you know, yeah, <laughs> who yeah. hit those tones during tarawih, you know. Yeah. But it's you ask notes. him a fiqh question and he's lost. I mean, there, there's a local there's a local sheikh here yeah. in Chicago. Um, he was in Chicago, uh, and he went to one of these masajid around the area, and and he talked to the imam and realized the imam knew absolutely nothing about yeah. fiqh, yeah. absolutely nothing. Right, he just knows how to recite well, and mashallah, that's good. But he knows yeah. no fiqh, yeah. and so he's serving as an imam. And so what this what this shit in Chicago did is, <laughs> he gave this guy an ultimatum. He said, if you don't sit down and study three mutun with me, <laughs> in, in, in in this madhab, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go snitch to the board, wow. <laughs> and you don't know anything, wow. and the board trusts me. And wow. so he ended up teaching him, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so we we need and and so the, the people who really have the in 
are are the the the, the ulama from the subcontinent in the West. You know, I, for I sure. I don't. You know, and and they're everywhere. And you have all these institutions, all these madrasas. And, yeah. and so people people need to become more comfortable with the fact that like. Islam is not Arab. Yeah, you know? for sure. And ilm is not Arab. And to give a fatwa, you don't, yeah. you don't have to be Arab. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to. You don't even have to verbally speak the language fluently, right? I mean, I mean, I come from an Arab background, right? Yeah. <clears throat> As do you I. You plop me in, in some <laughs> right, and, and you, you you put one of us in an Arab country. Yeah. We'll have no trouble getting around at all. Yeah. We'll 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 back and forth with them fluently in yeah. our own dialects. Maybe you know, I, I'm I'm a chameleon. Sometimes I can switch up <laughs> with the dialects when I when I went to Saudi because I've had a lot of Saudi friends throughout college. I just yeah. switched to the Saudi dialect and yeah. threw people off. Um, <laughs> um, but but you give me a book and you put me next to like someone who studied for ten years yeah. at, at like uh, a madrasa in the subcontinent, and. I, like the level of what I know is going to be like on the floor yeah. in my understanding of the text, and the other guy is going to get it like the back of his hand, right? Yeah. And and so like uh, people people need to really get over their 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 supremacist attitudes, right? And and start opening their doors to other people, especially if they want to facilitate the the proliferation of Ain. Yeah, absolutely no, I completely agree. And it's really strange. I mean, Subhanallah, like. What, like I, I think, and and you mentioned your Arab. I also come from an Arab background as yeah. well, of course. Like, why why do we have this like uncomfortable attitude towards you know, like as we're mentioning in this case, Desi ulama, or just in general non-Arab ulama? It's I mean, and 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 this is I mean, I, there's racism in the Arab community, yes, and which is another subject matter for another yeah. time, yeah. which requires a, a very lengthy discussion, but. Um, why is it that like why do we have such a difficult time and especially i feel like the older generation why do you have such a difficult time you know looking at a desi you know or non-arab sheikh on the mimbar big beard turban whatever and we just think to them to ourselves oh like this is just no who cares we, we, we're so dismissive yeah, yeah i understand right? i mean a lot of the lay people um that, that come from an arab background and it's it's more like the uncles you know yeah the uncles and the aunties uh their, their idea of, of a sheikh is someone who can just recite well right because they're not exposed to ilm you know not everyone yeah. who comes from egypt was hanging around al-azhar yeah and even knows what fiqh is to begin with right and um that, that's a separate discussion on its own but it's like uh, people have this like Ajuma culture, yeah. right? Ajuma ain jean meme with a uh, with a bum <laughs> on the meme right, on the jean, and I say that because uh, you know ajam, you know what ajam means? It's a foreigner, right? right. It's a non-Arab. That's how it's right. used. Um, but then, like ajuma is a fail, it's a verb, yeah. And it basically means someone who speaks barbarously, <laughs> like basically, <laughs> basically uh, someone who speaks incorrectly, a barbarian, yeah. right? Yeah. You can check the dictionaries, and it's almost like. We've we've associated this like alternate definition with people who are not Arabs. Yeah. And and you know we don't take our we don't take our and, and we see people doing things differently. You know yeah. you might an Arab might go to a Hanafi masjid and be like, is what this witr? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Is it's or, or wh- why didn't he say the basmala out loud? Right. You know and and just think they're praying wrong. Right. Again, it's like it's just people simplifying things. It's just the nature of of, of, of the the average person, the lay person. Yeah. They want to understand something. Right. It's human nature. They want to understand things, and so they'll simplify it. Right. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, but yeah, of course, there are more deep-rooted problems. But yeah. it's, it's 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 not good. It, it's, yeah. uh, and inshallah, it'll be solved. I think inshallah. as the generations go on, and as more sort of mixing happens um, with uh, with, yeah. with our generations and the coming generations, it's gonna. I feel I feel as though like our generation is kind of like more accepting, more open of like non-Arab. Yeah, I mean, you you could say that, but but then again, like um, we're probably in our own bubble, right? Yeah. 
probably not on bubble and and we're definitely we're not thinking on the same wavelength as like the average muslim yeah. in the west the average muslim in the west is just almost nominally muslim right almost right. nominally muslim right. right because you know they may pray you know they they may do these things but they don't really know what they believe i mean yeah i mean someone recently uh, someone my age right yeah. in, in their in their early 20s came to me and asked me what is what is dajjal i've never heard of that before wow Yeah, and so that shocked me. Right? <laughs> I mean, we grew up on those stories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I mean, people, people like you know, like you know, mashallah, you have you have uh, you have a thirst for for knowledge, right? You like yeah. to learn things, right? right? Right. I like to learn things too. I you know, I, I want to spend my life in school, right? Right. Right. <laughs> um, and and I'm trying to get you to spend your life in school as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so we, we we're naturally curious. We go about these things, but other people they they just don't have that um, yeah. disposition. So. Yeah. For sure, yeah, and I think it's, it's just—it's incredibly, like it's—it's it's disturbing, it's sad, it's—it's—it's—it's um, it's, 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 it's a mixture of things, really, to see kind of like Muslim youth kind of stray away from the tradition. Mm. Um, I mean, like Subhanallah, like not knowing just very basic things like how to make wudu. But but then again, I mean, the, the question is like when when it comes to to to, to the lay people, the the real the real lay people, the yeah. average the average Muslim. I mean, I I don't I don't have any like I don't wish anything other than they would. Remain Muslim. Yeah, of right? course, right. And a lot of that is dependent upon um, the people who are above the lay people in yeah. knowledge. And so we've had this crisis in ilm, and subsequently we've had a crisis in, in you know, in, in the laity, people leaving right. Islam and, and and whatnot. And so you know, maybe I've been reading this book recently um, by Sheikh Sheikh Mustafa Sabri. Yeah, he was the last Sheikh of Islam of the Ottoman Empire, and it's just a brilliant book. Yeah, um, it's called Malqiful Ilm. موقف العقل والعلم والعالم. It's it's four volumes. Yeah. It's 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 behind you on the shelf. But, yeah. Um, it, it's he was basically diagnosing the problems of his modern age. He was basically yeah. he was he was ostracized from Turkey when Ataturk took power. Right. And he ended up dying in Egypt. And um, he he talks about this, the state of the alam, the state of the ulama. Yeah. Uh, and and he he goes he goes at Al Azhar a lot. Yeah. For for a lot of what was happening over there, but right. um, we need to we need to fix things. Um, uh, whether it's a top down thing or, or a bottom up thing, I don't know. Right? Yeah. P- people, I, I'm you know, so I'm I'm sort of like somewhere in the middle, right? Right. I'm nowhere near the top, <laughs> right? Yeah. But but I'd like to think I'm nowhere near the bottom. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Of course. Um, I know who Dajjal is. Allah give us hidayah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Subhanallah. Um, well, that's really it. <laughs> I think I've, uh, I've run out of, uh, out of ideas to talk about, but uh, tell us more about uh, uh, traversing tradition. Any uh, upcoming projects you guys have? Yeah, so um, you can you can go to the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily, what we were doing now is we're writing articles. We hope, inshallah, uh, to expand to things like podcasts and, and, and other other forms of yeah. uh, uh, media. Uh, but you can go to the website traversingtradition.com. It's T R A V E R S I N G, tradition T R A D I T I O N. dot com and you can you know, we have various articles we have different subsections we have like theology slash philosophy we right. have uh, politics we have culture we have we have a lot of and so we do things we do various things from like a book review yeah uh, the, like a like an Islamic book review right? yeah or we might do like um, a, a movie review right from mm-hmm. from the perspective of a Muslim with, right. with in Muslim values and we might talk about politics we might be talking about you know the, the, there's a there's a controversy going on in media we might address it yeah 
uh, and we're always looking for guest writers. We want people to write for us. It's not just our own selves. We, we depend on other people talking, and so we try to reach out to people. And, and one of the things that I'm kind of like Tablighi Jamaat for, for <laughs> TT. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go on my gush, you know, I'll just like knock on people's doors and be like, hey, like I know you've studied this in university, like, and you know, you have, you, you know, you have your head on straight. You want to yeah. write something. And then they've never written anything before, but they'll write, and then we'll edit, and then they'll continue writing, and then yeah. we'll produce something, and then we'll get people into writing. Yeah. Because here, here's the thing, like, someone told me, well, not everyone in there is a alim, right? Yeah. And, and no one in TT is a alim. Yeah. Right? We have some students, but no one in there is a alim. Yeah. And so how are you guys so comfortable speaking? And yeah. I was actually speaking to, to, to a scholar about this last year in, in Philadelphia when he visited, yeah. and... I told him this, that I'm getting this criticism about this platform. And he was aware of the platform. And he said, listen, yeah. people are going to speak. Yeah. And people are going to give their opinions. You guys have your heads on straight. You know you know where you are. You, yeah. know, you know where your level of knowledge is. Basically nothing. <laughs> and you, you have relationships right. with the ulama. And you're right. trying to study. And you're trying to further your studies. And so he said, right. Right. You know, because at least, at least, it's, not, at least it's not what's currently being written. You right. Know? Which, which is a lot of, you know, platforms like Muslim Girl and stuff. that, that, that <laughs> Oh, call out other, other organizations by name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, they, they can cancel me, that's fine. You know, but, uh, they just, they, they put out just utter, utter nonsense all the time. Right. Um, and, and so we're, we're writing, we're, you know, I, I, I've written stuff last year yeah. that I look back on right now and I'm like, this is just nonsense. You know? Yeah. Because because I've cons- and I guess that's how it's always going to be, you know. You evolve intellectually over time. Always, and your opinions are going to change. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean doesn't mean like your aqidah is going to change. <laughs> so, right. You know, you're you're muahid, you're a Muslim, you know. But but your my opinions on politics, my opinions on various things. Yeah. Um. So we're trying to, inshallah, we have our intentions, inshallah, our, our rights. We I always try to stay in touch with different ulama uh, all over the country. Yeah, for sure. And some overseas even, and um, we also we translate articles. Yeah, uh, we we translate alter, articles into Malay and yeah. Spanish and. Yeah, is, is, and don't French. you guys have a new platform now? It's traversing tradition Arabic, Arabic, right? Uh, we uh, well, it's not a different website, but we translate stuff into Arabic. Okay, right? okay. Uh, because we we do want to reach um, uh, pe- people in the Arab world as well, because they're they're going through a lot of what um, what what we sort of went through in a in a short span of time when we were young, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just just being introduced in, into the into the Western world. Right. Um, uh, but you know, and, and we, and, and so I, I invite you to write, Sadiq. I invite other people to write, um, right. and uh, it's, you know, in my opinion, we need more of this out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, just like we need more madrasas and we need more masajid. Yeah. We need more people who are willing to speak. I mean, one of the things that one of, one of my friends said recently is that he said, "Look at all these people with these weird ideas that yeah. are definitely they don't conform with Islam. Yeah. They will say their opinions with their chest." Yeah. With a hundred mics in front of them, and with the entire world watching, yeah, and and they'll just be confident about it. He said, "We have to do that too." Yeah, for sure. Right, and it's inspiring that they're doing it, and we don't follow their ideas, but their method is inspiring. And so we have to come out, and we have to, and so a lot of what I've said now, it's like I I, I would normally like a few months ago I would not say a lot of the stuff I said on this podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. But but I'm sort of I'm leaning towards that that paradigm now where it's like some things have to be said, right? And right. I might listen to this thing in a month or two and be like, wow, like. That was a stupid statement, but <laughs> alhamdulillah, right? Yeah. Alhamdulillah, yeah, yeah. because that, then that means I learned something, yeah. right? Yeah. And so uh, we, 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 we have that, that type of um, mode of thinking in mind with traversing tradition. Yeah. And inshallah, it grows, I and mean, we're growing, inshallah, slowly, slowly, but surely. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, billahi tawfiq, if it flops, yeah. it flops. You know, I remember um, Sheikh Hamzi <laughs> Yusuf said one day, he said, if I wake up tomorrow morning and, and Zaytuna College burnt to the ground from a fire, 
I'm going to say alhamdulillah. <laughs> this is the decree of Allah. <laughs> it didn't work out on to the next project, right? right? And that's how that's how we got to be. We right. have to put our all into it sincerely and inshallah things will will become fruitful and make dua for me of course that of course, um, absolutely, inshallah. Uh, that that my studies go well. Um, I mean, and and that uh, my my intention um, becomes becomes pure. Uh, and and stays pure. Of course, problems. Uh, I mean, throughout, I mean. throughout my studies, inshallah, and mm-hmm. that, and that, I can I can benefit before I, I don't I, I'm not concerned about other people benefiting from my yeah. right, <laughs> right? Because because I gotta benefit first. Right? Yeah, for sure. And so I'm selfish like that. Make dua that I can benefit from my and inshallah. so because because really I'm, I'm I'm in it for you know because uh, I just I have a love for studying and, yeah. and for knowledge and I read these things and I love to learn and. Um, you know, khair, inshallah. And so, thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Jazakallah khair, barakallah for coming on. Wa'ayakum, wa'ayakum khair. And so, give give traversing tradition a visit. Um, read some of our articles. Um, make a donation if you want. We're, yeah. we're 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 a bunch of broke young adults. <laughs> you know, <we're laughs> a lot of us are still in college. So some of us are recent graduates. I'm studying at a madrasa. You know, I'm not I'm not rolling in the dough. Um, so, um, <laughs> So maybe with those donations, I can buy some new Jordans. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All of it goes to website maintenance and things like that. So, yeah. um, uh, thanks again for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you so much for all of our listeners uh, for tuning in. Uh, thank you so much. Until next time, I'm your host, Sadaf bin Abdullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.